And we're live. Well, hello, lurkers and bots. This is Lucid Indifference. That's lucidindifference.com. Uh, it is 2020-1108. This is episode 32. Well, we missed last episode. Uh, that was on, what, the 4th? Uh, on the 4th? And uh, strangely, we might actually, depending on how things work out, miss out on upcoming stuff just because there's new game content coming out. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, I really don't have a whole lot of bullet points for this show, uh, cause, uh, I was kind of on vacation while Minion was on vacation. So I wasn't thinking about a whole lot of stuff. Probably the biggest event was doing a series of improvements to this space, to the entire room. But right now about a third of this particular room is now devoted to technically this podcast, but in the future to more stuff. Uh, so I'm going to talk a bit about life because I thought of a different angle to talk, uh, about certain issues, probably the same kind of stuff that I've talked about before, but a uh, new angle always helps, maybe helps a new person. Uh, I'm going to talk about this room and how I set it up and why I made some changes. That's going to be a lot of administrivia in there later. I'll try to save that. I'm going to talk about, um, like all of the old books and the fact that I'm kind of giving up on reading. It's kind of the strangest thing to have, have happened to me to have realized that. So let me, let me get right into the, the odd thing. I used to have a, well, I got one of these voice recorders, one of these portable things before I actually had a smartphone. I had one of these things and it's, it was going to serve two purposes. One is it was going to be an MP3 player. And that was because I had damaged a previous phone, the headphone jack. Yeah, yeah, Apple users, shut up. I damaged the headphone jack on a previous phone, and I decided to get a voice recorder for playing music, but also because I, I wanted the actual voice recorder feature. And voice recording MP3 players, uh, it's actually a really old technology. I used to have one of these uh, AAA battery-powered little things. And it was, uh, it was actually a phenomenal device because it acted just as a USB stick. There was absolutely nothing special about it. You can use, uh, you can use this as a mass storage device and it was just fine. It was formatted like fat 32 or something or other. And, uh, and this was something that was not possible with the, with things like iPods. So yeah, Apple users, you can laugh at that now. And so uh, I really loved that, but I never used the voice recording feature of that. I blossomed into a storyteller of some sort later in life when the technology had improved. Anyhow, I had this voice recorder and the thing that I would do with it is I would, uh, my intention was to pace around my kitchen like I had been doing for a long time at multiple houses. There's, I, I ended up moving to a place and finding a certain kind of shape of space in order to pace around. And there's, uh, so you could consider this like Zazen meditation is most people misunderstand it as being seated. You know, you get the cross legged kind of impression, right? But it can be done lying down. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that because people, amateurs fall asleep, right? Uh, but I do it walking or some version of that. And there's a lot of people that you'll see out there who will stand. And if they're doing something like a presentation, 
especially if you're doing a bunch of stuff off the cuff, they will move. So if you go and you watch a TED talk, you will see a carpet. You will see a circular carpet. And the reason is it, it helps constrain the speaker because a lot of people have the desire to move while they're thinking fluidly, let's say. And, uh, this might be for camera reasons and for lighting reasons and stuff like this. Cause there, there are some difficult considerations if a person's wearing glasses or they're balding or they're otherwise kind of shiny, sweaty, nervous kind of thing. So you have some concerns. You want your lighting to be kind of consistent and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, anyway. So my desire was to have a voice recorder to pace around and to actually record my thinking. And part of that is because I've got a very fragile memory, at least in the context of having that kind of open-mindedness, that meditative state. Uh, things just tend to be fragile. It's kind of like waking up from sleep, trying to hold on to memories, hold on to the dreams. Things kind of don't work. And that kind of works when, when I'm pacing. And I expect that this is the same for some people, like some minority of people, but significant enough that um, my description should be, should resonate with some people. And so um, I, I had the notion of recording stuff and then editing it or broadcasting it or whatever the heck. And some of the podcasting idea evolved out of that, like a decade later kind of thing. But, uh, one of the, well, where I totally went down the strangest, strangest thing there. So one of the things I had been thinking of, and it was kind of an incomplete thought because I had no ability to really write it down as fast as I can think it. And I had no voice recorder with me. It's partly an embarrassment thing. If there's, if, if, if you're in a kitchen, you're pacing around and you're talking to yourself, you have to have your household used to that notion and you have to lack embarrassment. So there are sometimes topics that you might be exploring. And if you're exploring them out loud, like not in your head, some of the things that you might explore out loud are not something that you would include in regular conversation or in regular conversation with the people that would be in listening range. So it can be uh, that environment with those potential listeners. And even the idea of them potentially listening, not actually doing it, but potentially can be embarrassing enough. So if you were to like pace around and talk to yourself about like politics or about the, the depths of philosophy or about morality things or about, and these are things that you wouldn't normally discuss in conversation with those people that might disturb them for in whatever capacity, right? Or it might be a spoiler because you're, you might want to actually talk to one or more of those people, uh, when you have completed your thoughts, right? When you, when you actually have a tale that you've woven together well enough that when you're talking about that topic in the future, it would be, it would be more coherent. Now, so there are all kinds of problems with, with thinking and forming thoughts and stitching it all together and then keeping it and then conveying it in the right context to the right people, et cetera, et cetera. Things, things are challenging. And so I have kind of a half aborted thought that was in my head that I was tinkering with. And it had to do with 
You know, like I often create uh, not exactly caricatures, but uh, when I am exploring notions, I will just have some imaginary thing in my head, some person ask me a question or ask me something dumb or something that's quote unquote complicated, <laughs> you know, like the kinds of awkward questions that a child asks a parent and the parent is not a philosopher type or necessarily practiced with children. Like there's a difference between the parent of a first child and the, like the, the teacher, what would we say? Cause it's not exactly a teacher. So if you're like a kindergarten teacher, so who, who has decades of experience working with that category of little person, right? They would be more competent at handling a lot of that stuff although they're not parents and specifically they're not a parent of that particular child. So there, there are interesting, uh, kind of a manufactured, uh, kind of question that can be posed from essentially from myself to myself, duh. And, and interesting stuff can, can arise from it because you can be challenged asking yourself something like what's the meaning of life, <laughs> which which if you understand how to approach that question, which I'm not going to do right now, because it would be an interesting skit. Um, if, if you approach that question in very strange angles, you can, you can kind of pull an interesting story out of it. You can mine quite a lot of, of interest. And if that can be remembered, <laughs> written down, recorded somehow, you can actually, you can actually ha pull something out of that uh, as something interesting to tell an actual human being in the real world, because you've thought about it in your, in your mind, so to speak, you've segmented things out. So you've got a, got these different characters in a play in your imagination. Anyway, anyway, I was thinking about something like that the other day, I think it was literally a day or two ago. And, uh, I, I was saying something like, um, the, the question, the dumb question was, how do you make a pie? Cause that's one of the jokes is if, if, uh, if somebody is live streaming or if somebody is like, yeah, anybody want to ask me a question about anything, go ahead. Just, you know, I'm here. And, uh, some random kind of half troll says, well, okay, how do you make a pie? <laughs> that that's a joke. I don't know if that's a thing where you're from. I don't know if that's popular anymore. Maybe that's quote unquote old internet. Uh, Minion, have you ever heard of, of somebody joking with that? Like, I've never seen that. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It, maybe it was like, I think it was pre-Twitch, which is what we're streaming through right now. And it might've been, I don't know. It might've been one of these earlier chat roomy type things like, oh, why is my brain not working? I can't recall some of the earlier, like the internet has moved on from some of the earlier technologies. Anyway, anyway, so, so the, the dumb comment that is, uh, how do you bake a pie? And it goes something like, well, uh, you, you might think that you would bake a pie by going and getting yourself a nice recipe and then, uh, just try it, just doing it, but you're not going to be able to make a good pie just by getting a recipe because you don't know how to do anything else that's associated with make, making a pie. If you're a baker and if you've made other pies, let's say you could go to an individual recipe and you can, you can draw on your past experience 
and you can, you can do it you, or you can figure it out. And if it's a poor explanation, then you can, you can, uh, kind of just, you can fill in the gaps yourself with your own past expertise, etc. But if you're new and you don't know how to do it, well, you don't go and get a recipe necessarily. I mean, you can get one, but half of the, uh, half of the explanation you skip over. So you go, for example, you go out and you get a, you, you get a pie plate, right? You, you don't try to put it, you don't go and buy the extra parts. You don't go and buy a special baking tray. And, and, and in fact, you don't even figure out how to make the dough. Like, don't do that. Go and get one of these pre-made, pay, uh, pre-made like aluminum foil pie plates that already has fill, already has the, the crust, quote unquote crust, the bottom crust in it. And what you would do is you'd, you'd make your own filling because the filling is pretty straightforward. And that's the baby step in the right direction for the confidence for doing something like this. And a lot of, a lot of everything is like that. A lot of life is like that. A lot of your larger dreams, goals is kind of like this where, um, don't go after the complete picture. Try to refine, uh, it as much as possible so that you can take pieces of it and just, uh, just steal some, uh, template from somewhere, some, uh, some piece of the puzzle that's already been solved by somebody else. Don't play pretend like you have to do absolutely everything in life from scratch. Um, borrow from the people that have actually made something for people to borrow, right? So you, so in baking a pie, you're purchasing a, you're, you're purchasing a manufactured element of it. It's not quote unquote authentic, but it's okay. It's good enough. It, it, you will have participated in making a pie. And I think I've told this story before. There was the, uh, believe it or not, instant cake mix, the original instant cake mix from, I cannot recall the name of the brand. It's not Betty Crocker. It might've been the, the very first like, uh, cake in a box that you bake yourself actually did have was 100% complete. It was a just add water, uh, kind of, uh, recipe, right? This is before you add your own whatever. This is literally just add water. And that product failed. Really? The product failed because part of the experience that people were looking for, well, that's the thing. They, they didn't want to purchase a box and add water and mix it and bake it. There was something, was, sorry. Those boxes, I thought it was add water and an egg or two and then mix it and go. It was, I thought it was pretty handy and time saving. Well, that's the thing. The original of that product had everything in it. It had all the uh, milk ingredients for the creaminess. It had all the egg. It had everything in. It was just add water. That's not a more recent invention. That was the original. And it, w- it was a flop. And they, what they did is they pulled back and, and thought, well, people are looking for convenience, but not too much convenience. Because they want to feel like they're producing something in the end that they had to put more work into it. There was something about an experience they, there, they were making convenient too much of it and they were cutting out too much of it and people wouldn't, didn't purchase that product for that reason. And it, and so when they came out with this other one where it's like, 
well, you have to add milk and you have to go and get eggs and you have to whip it and you have to do this. They added more steps. They made it more convoluted. They made it less convenient, strangely. And that, that really took off. And this secondary one where it's literally just add water that came out a little bit later when, I mean, the world started changing and that kind of convenience may, it caught on to a different demographic. something happened to let that. So now that's on the shelf next to it. I don't know which is more popular or not person. Like I I'm dude bro. So I would go to the one that only needs water, but I have learned I mean, I was going to talk about this later, but I purchased this hot chocolate mix. It was inexpensive, which is part of the selling point for me, but it was a just add water, right? For hot chocolate. I'm like, well, I didn't know that could be any good. And I can always add milk, no problem, right? But it's interesting that they're selling it like that. I wonder, and I, I got it. And, um, and it's, it isn't just bad. It's a special kind of surprising bad. And, uh, I'm going to drink it all and it's, it's, it's going to stick in my memory for a long time. I probably never, I'm going to specifically avoid just add water, hot chocolate. I'm going to get the stuff that actually requires milk, requires it not optional at all. Anyhow, the, uh, the, how do you bake a pie is related to the hot chocolate. It is related to the making a cake thing. There's, there are some things that you can there's a difference between going and buying a pre-made pie and then baking it. And you can't pretend like you made it. You, you, you heated it up. Okay. It's more complicated. It's baking. It's, it's middle rack at this temperature and, and preheat and pull it out. You need the oven mitts. I mean, you have to have the oven in the first place. Like, but that's, you're not making it, but you, you can get the pie plate and the, 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 but you have to make the filling yourself. You have to, let's say, cut apples and have it in just the right kind of like right amount of water and with brown sugar and you have to boil it down. You get like a syrupy texture and you pour that in and you, and there's more to it. And so, you know, in, in the back of your head, you will always know, you'll never fool yourself into thinking you made 100% of it, but you made enough of it you made, you made what matters is what matters in a pie is the filling, right? Is, and all of the other, like the baking and the treating it right. And the cooling it on the windowsill or whatever, the, like all this stuff, it all, uh, contributes to one creating something that like one's creating, um, like the participation in the thing. And it's very much like the entire cake thing because, uh, having to go and shop for all the other ingredients, ha ha needing the intent when handling all this stuff, handling all, all the parts, needing to, to like beat the eggs separately, needing to fold things in needing to do whatever the heck, all these different steps, uh, really, uh, cause I mean, what is the powder anyway? It's, it's flour and it's got what, uh, the right amount of, of, uh, baking soda or sugar or whatever the heck. And it's got like a little packet of, of pre-made, um, icing and this. So it's like, there's so many cheats in there, but it's, it's real work to like put the icing on a cake properly, for example. And, um, I was thinking that 
a lot of what people want to accomplish in life is very much like that, where we don't begin a thing, a project, let's say, uh, because we want to, to do all of it. But it's a lot easier to start it wrong or, uh, or like essentially steal ideas or procedures or, so for example, uh, if I didn't want to learn about, uh, so say for this podcast, if I didn't want to understand, uh, audio treatment, I could just steal somebody's macro and just be like copy paste and do it. And that's one of the things that if, if you're not the type of person and you're dealing with audio, if you're not the type of person, then that, that's actually a, a really heavy barrier. And if you play pretend like that is necessary for making an audio presentation of some sort, if you think that engineering is necessary, that's probably going to kill a project before it even starts. And so a person shouldn't feel bad about just, uh, having, accepting somebody else's help for something like this and just getting the rest off the ground. Um, there was a, a demonstration that I saw. I, I knew this technology from a long time ago. I, I don't, I can't remember if I've talked about this, but even if you don't have a microphone, okay. So these days you've got a microphone, if you've got a smartphone and believe it or not, the microphone in a, in a contemporary, you know, five years old or less phone, like one of these, the audio is, uh, spectacular. It's, it's unthinkably good compared certainly compared to earlier phones, but compared to a lot of like really amateur equipment. Now, pro grade microphone stuff is like people will still pay top dollar for the recreations. I mean, obviously of contemporary manufacturing, but the continuation, the lineage of microphones from like the seventies even, right? So those, those are, some of the models are still being made. Now things are, things are a little bit weird, but you know, audio is a weird topic now. So, but for like an everyday person and grabbing a microphone, USB microphones are pretty new, right? Uh, compared to other kinds of, of microphones compared to the other stuff. Now, strangely, really strangely, I've always known that this was possible. You can actually take, um, an old pair of headphones that's busted. Like say the band is busted. Somebody's throwing it out front of yours. You can just take it and you can actually, uh, plug it into your, um, microphone jack. Like you plug your headphones into your microphone jack and you can talk into the left headphone. It's a microphone. The technology goes both ways. It's just analog. So it goes both ways and you can speak into one of the headphones and the, it generates electricity. <laughs> it goes in reverse and it gets picked up as a quote unquote microphone signal. Like you can do the dumbest things because what matters in that particular context isn't so much the, the quality of the, uh, let's call it the, the fidelity. It, it's the content of the speaking. Now, the problem is that's not so true these days because it's, it's really common. Like everybody has the ability to like, there's, I don't want to say something like there's a lowest common denominator, but there's, uh, there's enough 
it's not competition. It's like the video games thing that I said before, which is now all genres of video game all compete with every other genre, all of them, because all of them want to compete with time, time. They're not like each, well, I'm trying to get the racing car audience. And so all the racing car games are competing against one another. And the, the shooters are all competing against other shooters. It's no, no racing car games want that hobby time and shooters want that hobby time and tactical games want that hobby time. It's just, it's a person with X with a finite amount of time. Now they're all competing over that one, that terrain. And the, the same is true for, for really anything that involves the internet really is everything is competing against everything else. And that there is now a flood of everything. Now there, there are really dangerous choke points where people have to use search features, uh, in platforms and such in order to find what they would be more interested in. So it may well be that, um, you're one tree in a forest for what you do and you can't ever be found, especially if the platform itself doesn't have any, if there are no mechanisms to have it promote you. So if, if, um, you're too niche, then the platform might uh, not recognize you as being, uh, this isn't a commentary on advertiser friendliness, but if you're too niche, then there are not going to be advertisers that are looking for your type of content to advertise on. Not that you're offensive or anything. It's just, they would find better matches elsewhere. So it might be difficult to get sponsorships, for example. Now, um, for something like, uh, this, like this podcast, even right. You can be low fidelity. You can be low fidelity in a hobby, but when you're in a, in a large marketplace and everybody's competing for time, it doesn't matter how niche you are, how interesting you are. There is now a bar that is raised up to the, well, the bar is raised to fidelity, which is the problem. And so the, 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 it's, it's not enough to just, just make the filling. So if you have a project, it's starting to be a problem where it's not enough for you to make a filling and you can bake a pie and it's, it's good as a pie for yourself. Absolutely. You can do all kinds of projects for yourself, borrow all the components from everywhere, cut and paste from everywhere, make your own thing, be happy for yourself, but it's not going to let you compete in the greater world because, uh, the fidelity of everybody's effort and expertise, uh, will make that stuff stand out. So I'll make trees in a forest. You get taller trees. I don't know how to, I'm really stretching that one. So, um, so I'm not sure how to solve that problem because now you've got weird situations where now people are selling for some reason, they're selling services to help bootstrap up other people into a particular field. It's the strangest thing. Like you can go to, to people that specialize in your, in the hobby that you want to, to, well, okay. So the word amateur is a person who wants to become a professional. 
Now, we misunderstand that word. We've started using it as a person who is not professional. What it means is a person who isn't professional yet, right? But they want to be, okay? Uh, so I'm going to use that word uh, in, that, in that correct sense. There are uh, professionals which provide services to bootstrap amateurs, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because uh, if that professional was any good, that professional would stay a professional and it would be the professional. They'd just be, they would be successful in doing that as their job. It's like, it's a lesser person that would need to step down and teach others to be in that field that they're not successful. And it's, it's kind of weird. So for little people, people that are amateurs that are trying to improve, it's kind of strange because you can purchase the services or purchase the, the advice from these so-called professionals, like these half professionals. Uh, and you can kind of get bootstrapped up, but you have to know that you're getting, uh, you're getting something that isn't working for them. <laughs> it sounds strange, but if, cause if it did work for them, then they'd be off doing that. Right, so there's something that you don't understand. Uh, uh, this is a, a straightforward response to people who want to sell you financial services. They're like, if you only do the, this trick and this trick and this trick, well, then you will make all this money. And you're like, well, why are you telling me that instead of doing that yourself? Like, seriously, obviously it's not successful. Or you'd just be off doing that and you'd be busy doing that and making money. Now you can have arguments that say, well, that person really finds their passion, not in the, the being professional in that direction, but maybe in getting the expertise, but not pursuing too much professionality. So the, they love the expertise and they love teaching that kind of person must exist somewhere. And you can't tell if. You have a, a half failed professional that's stepping back and mentoring amateurs. Or if you've got one of these really, like, it does sound like I'm really reaching to describe the kind of person that would be good for you to, to bootstrap, do, to bootstrap yourself up from being amateur out, pushing yourself into the direction, direction of being professional. Um, and so there's a lot of, and that's kind of the problem is you can get advice and it's the best advice I found on everything is finding these glorious nerds that have these technical level wars uh, against one another that, that are like, your math is wrong because this and this and the acoustics of this and your physics is bad and you should feel bad. And you're like, as a complete know nothing, hopefully maybe getting amateur one day, you're looking at this and going like, it's all completely over your head. So when I'm listening to like serious, actual professional paid professional decades of experience, engineers or, uh, like actual artists or quote unquote artists, like, well, wow, you do hip hop or you do rap. I'm like, well, do I want to listen to mixing advice from this person? Well, maybe, especially if they get, especially if they're saying something strange and some other, somebody somewhere in that field 
has a disagreement. Then you get to listen to both and learn something, kind of, maybe, kind of catch on and figure out, uh, figure out what they're battling over. You can make some decisions on your own. And in a sense, when you've got two professionals that are, uh, that are fighting like that, now mom and dad are fighting, right? And so these pros are, are in these pitched battles that might be years long over like these, the, these weird topics. Um, you might, it might be that one of them is absolutely correct. And the other person is just being, uh, what is the word? Why can't I think of the word? Like, like bullheaded. There's a better word that I want. Um, and they've got some adamant position that, that is actually technically wrong. Now you might not be able to tell who is right and wrong. And sometimes they're both right in weird contexts. And sometimes they're, they're right and wrong. And it depends on like, Ooh, sometimes these pros are, um, arguing over things that don't apply to regular humans. Cause they're like, uh, they're arguing over something that would cost you tens of thousands of dollars to have the equipment for. And so their opinion doesn't really matter to you, but some of it can kind of rub off. And some, if you're the type, some of it can be really interesting. And so if all you want to do is make your pie for yourself, yeah, you can bootstrap yourself up until you get a pie made and you've done enough that it feels fulfilling right? You've made that cake, you've added your eggs and your milk and, and you've made, it's, it's close enough. You don't think about it too hard, but it is close enough to you making the cake. And that success, like I said before, that success breeds a kind of momentum and that, uh, and there's a kind of, um, how would I say it? Oh, I ever get that moment when you feel like sneezing, <laughs> you're not quite close enough. Um, there is this moment where that small success will give you enough confidence to try for something that is more authentic. So at some point you get good at, at making those kind of quote unquote pre-made and you'll try, um, you'll, you'll try making your own actual pastry your own actual crust, your own, you'll do something a little different. And that, that can be bad as long as you've got good morale, as long as you're, you're fairly mentally healthy, let's say, uh, that when you screw up, uh, it's not a horrible experience to eat your mistake. And I mean that literally, if you're making a pie and you screw up and it ends up being turned into like a kind of hot oatmeal, <laughs> it's like, well, it's still really good. So yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, I remember, okay. So when I was first kind of learning to bake and I, I don't know that I've progressed from there cause it hasn't been much of a hobby. So I remember, uh, what I did is I wanted a couple of variations that would let me, so there's the joke about Mexican food that I hear Mexicans make, which is like, well, you have this ingredient and this ingredient and this ingredient. And they're like, well, how do you make a this? And they're like, well, okay, you have this ingredient and this ingredient and the, oh, <laughs> cause it's kind of the same ingredient. Well, it's not cause they're treated differently and they're spiced differently and you produce something that is different. That's why it's got a different name. And so when I was learning 
this uh, a couple of basic recipes. I learned how to make uh, an apple crumble. And an apple crumble is, well, it's crumbly. So it's like, if you make it, if you accidentally make it more crumbly or less crumbly, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's just, you have this base that you kind of mash into kind of the bottom of a pie and this filling that you kind of throw in and this topping that you kind of throw on kind of, and then you bake it. Now, it's right next door to a pie, which I kind of wanted to learn. And it's right next door to making date squares, which is what I did want to learn. So, I, and they're all the same ingredients. They're just kind of in different shapes and treated a little differently, right? They're compressed a different way, or there's a different, um, a different amount of filling versus crust, or there's like a little more oats in this one and a little, right? And there are differences. And I was able to then play with, uh, I played with a vegetarian version of it because, because normally for a lot of baking, you've got, um, butter, right. And, but for some vegetarians, butter is a no. Um, I can't remember the term. I, I was experimenting with vegetarianism. Vegan. No, that's different. Vegans can't even wear leather belts. Vegetarians just don't eat meat, but there are vegetarians that will have milk and milk products. And there are even vegetarians that will accept eggs. So it's like, it's like a, an animal flesh thing for some vegetarians and some are more strict and vegans are not just more strict. They have a, a complete worldview uh, that, that includes like, uh, no eating a certain kind of jello because gelatin ha is, comes from, or some gelatin used to, or does come from bone, I believe it is. And, and that is, uh, I, like I said, I'm never going to experiment with veganism unless I fall in love with a vegan. I'm not even sure then because I like leather belts and I have some really nice shoes and some boots that I'm going to wear this winter. I'm kind of excited. I kind of want it to be cold and for there to be a reason for me to like get out. Um, and, uh, what was it? I was talking about pies. I think I'm done talking about pies. Let me talk about something else. Um, I'm actually not sure how long this show can go because I'm really out of, of bullet points between shows. Most of the time what I'll do is I'll, I'll pace around or I'll think or I'll experience life and then I'll just take a, a bullet point or I'm, tr I'm trying to add a phrase or something. And it's a topic for me to talk about later. And, and it's a little weird, uh, because sometimes, so Minion and I would, would, some would talk. This podcast turned into us having conversations into us making it a podcast. And that's not worked out in the obvious way. And because there's some stuff that we would talk about in real life that we wouldn't talk about in a podcast, because it's just not, it's not global, for example, or it's, uh, or for various local people in various places at various times, talking about certain issues, certain topics can be too sensitive, or it, sometimes you don't pick the right words and things aren't very, aren't conveyed very well. So it can be upsetting. Now, if we're doing that in real life around the kitchen, we're, we're, we're cooking or something like that. And we happen to be there. We have like, we'll have another opportunity to clarify things later, 
the next day, the next day. But in the context of something like a podcast, you talk about certain things in certain ways, kind of like, and it's unscripted, right? If you're unscripted and you say things in a way that maybe you don't even believe because you're, you're tinkering with some perspective, uh, or just say it, you say it in a way that's kind of wrong and maybe you know it at the time, you're still exploring it as you're talking. Well, that's enough to offend or whatever, a, uh, a potential listener, a potential long-term listener and just have them leave and never come back again. And that doesn't happen. Well, <laughs> that doesn't happen in my life in the real world that might have like four lesser people who are, who, who don't, who don't have reasonable people around them, they might actually say the wrong things and lose a friend, which it makes absolutely no sense to me because I'm from a totally alien, I'm a time traveler from decades ago and this current world makes no sense. So I, but in the real world, you're supposed to have multiple opportunities to maybe even talk about the exact same issue. And if your friends that, that doesn't like you, you view the world differently because you're different people and it's okay. And it's not necessarily about trying to, uh, anti antagonize for fun. Certainly you wouldn't do that, but it's not about continuing to convert the people you know to the perspectives you have. It's just like you have an interesting thing to talk about. And whenever something like that, you like leap on every opportunity to talk about a certain issue that you're passionate about. So, you know, you'll, you'll have that one vegan friend, right? And so every time, well, uh, right. There, there's the joke that vegans will constantly bring that stuff up. That's, that's actually not true. <laughs> but if, if in a group of friends, certain things get brought up, you can like turn to that friend, like, Hey, well, what do you think about this? And, and you'll get a specialist, an opinion. You'll, you'll get somebody who cares about a particular perspective, but that can be slightly offensive or inarticulate or whatever. And then you can just bring it up next time and next time. And it might be, might turn into an argument, like a heated argument, but, uh, I mean, let a week pass, let a month pass, you know, bring up Christmas once a year and you have that, that challenging, like, well, you're an atheist. You shouldn't say Christmas. That's wrong because, and you can have that like over the holidays every single year. And it's not, it doesn't mean anything come spring, right? doesn't mean anything throughout the rest of the year and you're still friends and you still, right? So that, uh that's the kind of world that I have lived in. And I wouldn't want to have like a show that has that, like that Christmas antagonism. If we had a Christmas special and we started talking about these topics and I've got a lot there because I've, because this is what YouTube used to be in like 2003. And there was a lot of these kinds of conversations. And, um, but if you were to do that in a podcast context, then people listen to five minutes of that and go, you're wrong. And then leave because there is so much, let's call it choice, right? There's so many alternatives out there that if your uh, fidelity isn't high enough and you're, you're too antagonistic, like you're too prickly, then there's too many people that will just, that will come over take a peek, 
get stuck, <laughs> run away, or just bounce off, or whatever the heck. Um, and so I've always felt that, um, oh, that one classic cramp in that one leg, in that one area, ow. I hate that. Um, uh, so I've always, so it's a, it's a weird problem. So I could have interesting ideas out there and then I have to kind of hold on to them and not talk dominion about them in order to like bring them to the podcast. Cause my hope is to like ramble through it and kind of explore it live and maybe engage minion in it one day. And the problem is minion, I think you require body language. Um, or something what language. body language like there's there's when i was because i still have uh like five or four or five of our pre-episodes before we knew anything about anything and uh i was really free and really kind of uh edgy isn't even the right word so i was correct about my speech but it's the kind of correct that would make other people cry <laughs> or really hate me uh, but I'm right. So, and, and that's kind of a problem to, to, to be listening to somebody who knows that they're right for reasons. And yeah, anyhow, so that, that was our previous show, our previous kind of like pre-show experimentation. Cause we didn't even know how to use the software to record things, let alone like literally knew nothing about nothing. Got to start somewhere. And Minion, you were, uh, you had a different, you had a personality, you had a very different personality even recorded like that. And it's a, it's, it's enough of a real shame that I, I, I still wonder if we were to do like podcast podcast and just like time delay, not do it live and just do it like three in the morning and just see what you're like. Even if we moderate what we're talking about, um, just, just to get you participating more, even if the camera is only on me. Um, Yeah. Speaking of camera, speaking of camera, I do want to pursue a camera for next, next Wednesday. It's one of these things where I don't, I like, I've been so busy. I lost track of the day of the week. <laughs> so, uh, so on the 11th, um, on the 11th, I, I was hoping to, it's not exactly face reveal. Cause I got a YouTube channel. I have three actually, and I've shown my face before. It's been a little while. Maybe have extra wrinkles. And, uh, so putting my face up for this live stream is something that I still want to do. And I will talk, I will continue to talk about the massive amount of changes I needed to do to make that now to make that possible. Cause that, whew, the amount of work I had to go through over the last few days, like I said, lost track of days of the week. Um, when you have blackout curtains, uh, and you stop being able to tell what time of day it is. Uh, yeah, life gets really like weekends get really odd when you have to step outside, like outside a, a room and be like, Oh, there's daylight here. I can't remember when I last slept. Um, this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you're not shown on camera minion, one of these one, we might have like our Sunday episodes or something like that maybe we would, uh, record them. Well, okay. Saturdays are kind of busy, but maybe what we do is some th other thing like 
take Wednesdays and instead, uh, record them at like three in the morning and then time shift them. And that way we can do the three in the morning in person with one another, um, with, and, and not even have it on camera and then just see if we can pull more out of you something like, or just do an experiment like we did with our first pre-shows, do an experiment with like a two in the morning conversation somewhere. <laughs> go. Parks are closed, but I'm like, break the law, break the bylaws and go do a podcast in the park at two in the morning. <laughs> I, I wonder if the bylaws there because people would, uh, like neighbors get bothered by people talking <laughs> something dumb like that. I know it's because sprinklers turn on at like two in the morning. If you've got sprinklers in your parks, right? Um, anyhow, so we're coming up on a break. Let's, uh, let's take that right now. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. I'll see you guys real soon. Oh, we're back. <laughs> oh, we are. Hello, lurkers and bots again. And we got Lurks, my favorite lurker in here. Uh, this is 2020-11-08. This is episode 32 of Lucid Indifference. That's lucidindifference.com. Segment two, I want to talk about some, uh, some stuff I probably should have talked about in the first segment. But I want to, I want to talk about my, my diet some more. So this is some interesting, some weird stuff, I think. Now, uh, okay. So one of the things about, um, all professionals that you deal with is, uh, you're not the only client. All right. And I've talked about the, the quote unquote rich perspective, which is when you go to a doctor like a general practitioner, your family doctor, or you go to, uh, um, your, uh, uh, like a dentist or you go to get your hearing checked or you go and like, you do all these things you interact with these professionals and that those are the, the most common examples of who we think of. It's that person is technically during that time period, your in a sense, employee, not servant, right? And so you can get quite a lot out of that person. The problem is those people are used to dealing with other people, not you, other people. And, and how do I say that without like, I am the sort where they can talk shop with me and I will understand very little of it, but I will go and I will learn. And the next time they can talk shop with me and I'll understand more like a lot more and they can convey quite a lot more to me rather than dumbing it down and wasting my time. Right. So I've, uh, I've had specialists try to understand my sleep, my wacky sleep and stuff like this. And I've talked to a few people about my diet already, things like this. And the thing is all of them have been holding back. They've been holding back and they're not really, they're not using the technical terms and they're not using the the, and all this kind of stuff, right? Right. So for example, my, uh, my family doctor, she's sending me off to I have to go and dig up a printer so I can print out the form. Um, she's sending me off to get blood work done. And I've been holding back on doing that kind of stuff. Cause it involves going outside in places where there are people and stuff like blood work is I have had the perception that that ought to be reserved for more critical stuff, given the times for people that would need that kind of service, the kind of more significant medical service because of more significant illnesses that might come around while well, they haven't. So, um, 
So I'm, I'm able to go and do that. And so the, the doctor's like, well, we want to check if you have, I think the, the term is celiac disease. And what that is, is that sensitivity to gluten. Now, tech, now <laughs> again, the explanations are never very good. And so it's like, well, now I, I go look that up as a start because I don't want to just hear gluten sensitivity. I want to understand what that is, what it's from. Is this a damage from a lifetime of a certain kind of environment or is it my lifestyle? Is this a genetic disorder that I inherited from one of my parents? Is it mysterious? Is like, are there other things in life that could exacerbate that problem? Like what, 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 like, are there, is there impact on mood for people with this who are sensitive, but not like poisoned by it kind of thing? where mood changes or sleep changes because that's the big one that I'm really interested in is because if you don't have good sleep well what you're going to do tomorrow you're going to be kind of off well what are you going to accomplish <laughs> and the next day when you wake up having not accomplished as much as you you know you should have or you could have and the, the day the day after it and then like time speeds up as you get older I, I had to explain this a few times to a kid I knew and uh it, you can never really convey this well. Like when, I don't know how many people remember when they were young, like uh, summer break was a long time, right? Christmas lasted a long time and, and all this kind of stuff. And as an adult, it just kind of goes by. It's like, well, okay, well, whatever you get on. And, um, and when you're not doing anything and you have no ability to prove that you were doing anything, if you have nothing to show for it, that's the expression. If you've got nothing to show for the things that you've wanted in life, time just kind of whizzes by and then you're old. And okay, well, right? Which is why I've I've talked about having a journaling concept. And journaling concept lets you write down the things that you have done for every particular day. And there's a system in place where you would go back and you would read previous days in order to understand what your priorities are, what your successes have been, to know how far you've gone and what obstacles made you give up, for example. Because uh, like I've said, <laughs> I made a whole video on this about why it is important to, to know to give up and when to give up and what to give up on so that you actually have more of you to pursue the things that you have determined matter right? So you can set goals properly. Okay. What was I talking about? I was talking about diet. Okay. So I have found, and I'm the, that's the thing. Any one of these specialists could have told me this, but there's a link between, there's a link between not sleeping a whole lot, um, having, uh, and having really tricked out senses, so the fact that I have a hypersensitive sense of smell, is actually related, is a, is a group of things that can happen, that have happened to other people altogether. I'm like, oh, well, that, that would have told me a lot. That would have told me to look out for these other things. And, and some of these things have names. Some of them are just kind of grouped together haphazardly. Some of them have like famous people attached and stuff like this. So it's, 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 it's challenging to listen to people that just bluntly give instructions to go like, here's a paper, go here. Like, well, I got the, for the blood work, 
oh man, I, to I totally want to call it up, but uh, do I have it in a bookmark? I'm going to click and clack. Give me one second. Okay, I'm getting close. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, it would be up here. Yes. Okay. So in that document that I'm supposed to print and give to go and get blood work to determine if I've got this gluten sensitivity. Okay. It had a bunch of codes in one section. It's like, uh, like the patient list of it's like the problem box. Cause sometimes the doctor needs to convey all the other associated issues in order to, for that other specialist to be like, blah, blah, blah. And just in case something else matters. Right. So if it turns out I had some wacky allergy or something like that, then they couldn't poke me with a certain kind of needle, whatever the heck weirdness happens. What do I know? Cause that's not my, it's not my field. It's like, okay, well, uh, elevated Billy, Billy Rubin. Like, okay, well that was the thing that I was tested for. That was mysterious a thing. I did blood work with before. What? I didn't realize that was still like on my perm. Like I now have a permanent record with that listed. Like how weird is that? And it's like, Oh, then it's like codes like, uh, OA and then DDD or, uh, it's like, okay, well, uh, it's like, okay. So there's osteoarthritis and degenerative disc. Apparently I have degenerative disc disease. That would have been nice for them to tell me. They never told me that. Osteo osteoarthritis. Well, I also didn't know about that and something called, uh, sciatic, sciatica. I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sciatica. Sci sciatica. Um, and, uh, and, and that, so these are the actual technical names of, well, when I do, when I sleep wrong and I'm an idiot, uh, and I, my back will compress, which is the degenerative disc disease. And I don't know what the heck the, the osteoarthritis is there for, but it causes pain in one in actually it's really weird because it happens a little bit in other places, but, uh, you can actually pinch nerves in your spinal column and those branch off to everywhere in your body. And it'll actually hurt in my leg. Right. So I've got like code words, like literally their acronyms and stuff like that listed in a little box. Cause I'm the curious sort. I actually read the, the paper that they want me to print out and give to these other people. And I never, ha I never had these things told to me, even in the technical words, just, just like write the stuff down for me, doc. <laughs> It'd be nice. Like, okay. So it's like, okay, well, we'll learn a little bit more about myself. Like why, why not? Like that's, that's kind of, it's kind of cool to learn this kind of stuff. And so I, I branched off and I, I, I went, okay, you can look on Wikipedia if you're just curious, if you know that you're going to get lied to, as long as you keep that in mind, you can go to Wikipedia and like, kind of look up this, this stuff. At least it's, it's amusing. It's amusing. So that was kind of, that was kind of cute for me to experience. Ooh. I was holding down push to talk through all of that, but I was switched to a different environment that ignored my push to talk. Hmm. That was cool. Okay. What was I talking about? I was totally, uh, okay. So, um, so I did want to talk about my diet though. So I'm still convinced and nobody can explain this. Maybe you just need to, to type in really blunt, uh, 
blunt phrases into search engines and ask the Oracle that is Google. Like, for some reason, bacon is still a thing. I don't know why. I've narrowed it down, so if I have two slices of apparently any kind of bacon, uh, then I feel better, right? It's not meat. It's not the fat from bacon, right? Because now I'm padding out the, uh, meaning I'm stealing some of your paper towel and I'm padding out the grease from my bacon and I'm eating that. So it's kind of like firm, dry bacon now. And it, it's a ha it's a hair away from me actually crumbling it up and uh, maybe I should bake it on mass and then uh, dehydrate it, something like this. That would be my grand experiment. But I think uh, that works too. And I know I knew that would work because I was using for a long time. Like I said, I make biltong, which is uh, which is uh, like a Southern African dried beef. It's not like beef jerky, but I do treat it much like that. Um, and I, I've made that and then used uh, uh, what is called lard which is what that is is you take bacon and you have the quote-unquote bacon grease and you just you throw it through a very fine filter and just keep that and make sure that the container you put it in first off isn't plastic but is one of these like specialist glass bakeable containers so you can pour hot grease into it safely without cracking it and then you know, and you don't have it on a cool counter and all this kind of uh, you gotta know this stuff. That's because I know about the physics and such. And I've used that as a dipping sauce for my my dried beef. And that doesn't do it. But but straight bacon does. So And straight bacon without the grease, I think, does. I'm going to keep doing it for a while. And that's awesome. That, so that, and I thought chocolate mattered. And I think chocolate doesn't matter at all because I avoided it for weeks. And, you know, you know it's, we make fun of, of women for this in particular, because there's this thing where they're like, well, in a bad mood, you know, in a woman mood or whatever the heck, right? And they'll they'll eat uh, chocolate cookie dough ice cream or whatever, chocolate chip cookie dough, or they'll uh, have a lot of chocolate or they'll whatever, like uh, they have advertised that for themselves. And I had believed that in myself as well. And, you know, I've been kind of feeling like crap one day, just have a, have some, have a chocolate bar. I think I gained a bit of weight because of that, uh, misunderstanding. Uh, but nope, nope, that's not it. But bacon is right. <laughs> My doctor's like, I, I know that if she was able to express her full, uh, the full, her mind properly, she'd like squint at me a little bit for saying like, <laughs> help me doc. Why? Something else, please. Anything but bacon. Bacon is inconvenient. Uh, but, but, I confirm this. Pizza makes me sad. <laughs> I mean, that literally, pizza actually makes me sad. I, I ate pizza for dinner. Uh, it's like uh, one of these big deep dish pizzas. And oh. the, back, the back of my brain went, you know, I just want the extra bread. I don't, I'm sick of these tiny little, you know, joke pizzas, right? And, and so... And that, it was big. It was really big. So it's like, uh, early dinner and then late dinner. And then the next day <laughs> it was breakfast. And, uh, I think later that day it hit. And then the day after it hit, and then it lingered for the day after that. It was just the most despondent, 
unmotivated, you know, the, the, I want to sleep in, I don't feel like showering. I don't know what to do. Nothing is interesting. And there's actually a technical word for that, which I forgot to write down. <laughs> um, and I, uh, man, wow. Okay. Uh, duh, stupid past self should have written this shit down. Um, wow. Okay, I, I'm going to make a mental note, and this is a mental note I'm not going to have to write down, because that's actually really important, because I wonder if that, if I can link that back to diet, because, again, bread, right, that's bread, and, uh, because I've, I've experienced that with pasta, and this kind of stuff, it's like, oh, okay, well, nothing else in my diet had been different at that point, that was the weird thing. There was one other thing that I ate that was different. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I ate chili, right? And I had been eating chili on and off for a little while. And I had, I had done it for like multiple days in a row because I make a big pot of chili. And so I eat it for, for every other meal for days straight until it's done. I don't keep it for very long. And I'm, I'm fine for that. That's never been a mood killer, but uh, pizza, yeah. <laughs> so like, well, I guess cross that off my list. <laughs> oh. See, pizza makes me sad. Eating pizza makes me sad. And the fact that I can't eat pizza also makes me sad. So I can't win. So add gluten-free pizza, maybe? Like, is my life going to get more expensive? Because I have to be one of these snooty... I'm going to I'm gonna turn into one of those people that's like, I have to eat gluten-free. And I shop... There's that one aisle in every big grocery store that has, has all the dumb, unjustified, expensive stuff. I'm going to have to walk through it, aren't I? Kind of like, it's, it's, it's the embarrassing thing. <laughs> it's the walk of shame down that one aisle. Um, at, at any rate, at any rate, uh, to, totally onto some, some other different stuff. Um, Minion, how, or do we have, cause you were on vacation, we kind of, accidentally planned for it are there very many clips that are still queued that haven't gone up yet from my previous shows etc i think i missed out on a few days for scheduling i somehow didn't do it apparently and then i checked it checked earlier i just mass uploaded all i just set them to mass mass public release okay so do you have anything that's left that is queued I don't done. have anything to be cued. Okay, so uh, previous episode, episode 31, I haven't even started. And part of that is it's really intimidating because I have to look at all of my my uber expert audio manipulation stuff, which is different with this microphone. So it's kind of scary. <laughs> so uh, I will get on top of that. No, probably not after the show, but definitely tomorrow. Like definitely I will finish it tomorrow. And one of the reasons I have to finish it and get into this episode, like you'll be able to, what you'll be able to do is after the show, you can copy it into our sync folder and I'll get it. I'll get your stuff that way real easy eventually. Right. So if you do that, I don't know, later tonight, like before you go to bed, um, then I'll, I'll get it all tomorrow after I'm done this stuff. And I'll do that as again, five hours kind of thing. Right. I will, I will do that as soon as I can. Now, the reason I want to get all that up and ready and multiple clips and full shows and all this kind of stuff, right, 
is because on the 10th, new content comes out on the only game I really care about, World of Warcraft. And this is, uh, the reason this is important is because it is uh, literally once-in-a-lifetime stuff. Not that it's, like, interesting, important. It's not really important, but it's this content for this game does not reappear. And it may well be um, interesting toy stuff. Like, there was one where I did get one actual advantage. It was a it was a very slight actual game advantage in pursuing that once, you know, that single opportunity that I that I pursued. So there may well be similar stuff happening for, for this stuff. And that starts on the 10th. And I don't know what that means for time. Not, not, it's not like, um, you know how sometimes something interesting pops up and it it just takes up all your time, right? It's not that it would be like that necessarily, but there are other people who I might want to play with who themselves uh, have more time or only have time during show hours. And if that comes up and I, I don't want to take a break cause I want to go and play with them. Um, and normally that wouldn't happen. Normally that wouldn't happen because the way this show is scheduled is even on days when I would expect to play with them, it, it would happen outside of show hours. Right. But this may be an exception because I know people that are taking time off know um and then it has been officially announced that the full expansion is coming out on the 23rd in which case i will absolutely be busy so much so it's ridiculous which probably means that the qual like i can probably take breaks i probably should take breaks in order to do this show and the problem is that will take quite a lot of time to also do the post-production to do the editing and stuff and it, I will probably have done all of the hard lifting, the, the technical stuff, stuff up front. So the macros work well, and then it's technically easy for me to do the editing and the clipping work. Now, now what I will probably do is I will probably kind of reduce the quality of, of stuff in that, uh, I won't be pursuing, uh, there won't be awesome notes all throughout the descriptions. I'll just do the important stuff, uh, because I will be probably playing simultaneously while listening to my own, <laughs> while listening to myself. It's not an ego thing. It is inter I eat my own dog food, right? I listen to everything I'm saying in order to improve next time. So for example, I want to say less, um, uh, like, ah, uh, this kind of stuff. And I'm slowly, I'm, I'm becoming more, uh, I'm becoming more aware of it. I'm still saying things like, uh, <laughs> uh some of that actually gets clipped out from my amazing audio editing, but the live experience has, has that stuff. And I do want to improve that. I do. Um, Okay. Okay. So that is still kind of yet to be determined. And because the 10th is a Tuesday, uh, and our show is the Wednesday, I will full well know from Tuesday throughout the night, what that experience is going to be like in order to know if that is going to damage the ability for me to, to do a podcast or to do the editing or whatever. Right. I will be able to figure that kind of stuff out. Um, 
So I will I will report back on on Wednesday. And if I am unavailable, I don't know what minion will do. So the live show just kind of want to just cancel it all together for. Well, no, Wednesday. that's the that's the thing. I maybe I don't want to because I would need the necessary break. Right. Is it, it, the, playing that game is not going to be my full time job. It might actually oh. be unhealthy. That's that's something I you mean, do. <laughs> uh, Destiny's content, new content is dropping on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Oh my! So it, it so it is for two. Oh, okay, so yeah. Wow. Um, and hmm. I'm probably going to spend a good amount of time, yeah, a lot of time. As in, you're not going to sleep. <laughs> getting to soft cap. Uh, what? Speaking of which, yeah. So there's a leveling. There's somewhat of a leveling, not really a leveling system, but a gear system that has numbers. And every time something drops, it either gives you increases the number by one or two. Oh yeah. And so my aim is to get as closest to the soft cap as possible, and then work on. And then I, there's only a few activities I can do that can get me past the soft cap. Yep. That, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Okay, because I've done it myself. So for for our listeners who may not play the game, so right now the the content that is available to play has a certain kind of character limit, and you can perform all kinds of actions in the world to improve things or to get variations on what you're equipping. Right. And so there's, there is the most mature success and it plateaus in a certain place and you can't get any better. Right. And most people step into most, well, all avid players of the game are at that level, right. Are already capped there. And then that limit, that plateau gets given a little bit of a boost. And then the new content, well, technically a lot of the content, but gives, will, uh, bait the player with a small improvement and there are certain limitations based on what things you pursue as to how large that improvement is and some of that is uh, is time limited per day like you can only do certain things every day in order to gain those perks those advantages and so what minion is saying part of it is to pursue 100% of the things that would give a reward every single day without fail. Every single one of those things, every single event, every single match, every single, and which could in theory take uh, quite a long time. Quite. Um, I am, there are certain activities I don't do for philosophical reasons. Like I don't PVP, which, which is unfortunate. Um, and, uh, I might actually be so lazy that I really don't want to do like dungeons, the equivalent. <laughs> God, they're boring. So boring. They're so boring that people just run ahead and act like idiots and stuff, which, which I like, I think is lots of fun, but it's just so boring to have to do like an umpteenth number of them every single, is it every week? I think it is every week. Um, certainly. Yes. Mm. So yeah, that's, um, so you are, you are interested in just canceling that day 
under the assumption that you probably ought to spend spend all like, I'll be hard. there. I'll be incoherent, but I guess it wouldn't be nothing out of the ordinary since I rarely talk at all. Well, okay. Um, I, you're probably going to say no, but what's what is stopping you, technically speaking? What is stopping you from streaming that and just having me talk? Nothing. So what about like privacy issues, let's say, because your character name might get displayed. Yeah, but I, at this point, I, it won't matter. You sure? Like, I don't know. So for example, um, this is Steam and your Steam name can be scrambled, but it's kind of important for you to be recognizable to like, you know, you're not really in a satisfactory guild still, right? Um, so I don't know how important it is for you to be recognized. Um, so theoretically, and if you use that, if that's like your, uh, your account name on Reddit or something like that, that might mean something. Or if that's your, your only fans or something like that, I don't know what you're into. Right. And people were to like, look you up, then that might get back to the show. Not that it necessarily matters to me. Um, I am, I am PG 13 technically for most, I mean, reading off fairy tales with the gruesome deaths in it is not, not kid friendly. So I'm not a kid friendly. Oops. Oh, I'm going to have to edit that out. Sorry. <laughs> that was a mic handling sound. Um, so, uh, I, I'm not too concerned about that, but but we have lives that are different from our gaming experience. So if you're, if you're fine with streaming that, because that could be part of our, like you can put me on stream in little window <laughs> and I'm just talking about random stuff. Maybe I'll, I'll watch your gameplay and I'll, I'll backseat drive. <laughs> Cause you're, you're streaming the full thing anyway. And I'll, I'll just, I'll just have Twitch open and I'll look at things while I'm chatting. And who knows how many people, cause this is new content dropping, right? So there is an actual market of people who would be like, they're stuck at work and they want to see somebody streaming. And, uh, so they would, cause this is new content. And when they get home, they want to kind of know what the heck is up. So maybe they have a stream going and that you would be in the market. You, <laughs> you, you like, I still highly recommend you do the 50, 10 thing, even when you're gaming force yourself to take 10 minutes and, uh, have a kind of a schedule that way. And 10 minutes is enough to go have a shower. 10 minutes is enough to go and, and kind of make something to eat. You remember I made bacon and eggs. That's kind of pushing it, but still it's doable. And, um, you do the 50, 10 and just stream hard <laughs> and you've got the break timer concept. You don't have to do the timer thing. You can do a countdown timer, 10 minute countdown timer. And you've got the music thing going, like leverage the podcast over into the stream and just do it hard. And I will, I mean, I got World of Warcraft, right? So, I mean, if you want to switch between you streaming and me streaming, we could probably do that too. I mean, why not? Um, cause I would be using OBS. Um, okay. So it was going to be segment three, but who cares? So, uh, the way that the way that video would work in this particular context is uh form so minion is streaming via obs so it goes on his side of stuff he receives audio 
via Discord. And that audio, the chain goes audio from Discord into OBS as an import, input source, and then it does streaming out from OBS into Twitch, right? So it's got its little plugin. Now, what I can provide for Discord is video and audio, and he can just plug in video and audio from Discord to OBS and then OBS streams, right? So that chain is already in. And what I would do in, on my end to make that possible is I actually can take, instead of having a webcam and having um, Discord video me, I would do something a little bit different, which is I have OBS and OBS scenes and all its functionality, I'm, but I'm not streaming with OBS, but I'm, I'm just viewing. So my microphone plugs into OBS, my webcam plugs into OBS, OBS packages it, packages it together and provides it to Discord as one, as a mic source and a webcam source, as a video source. And then it takes that, it pushes it to Minion, so uh, via Discord. So I can actually fake OBS into being a video source or being its own webcam. And it lets me perform all kinds of OBS related magic, scene changes, multiple cameras, and game stuff. So I can actually have overlays of a video game that I'm playing with me or with whatever, and I can provide that to Discord. And it, it just appears as one image to Discord, one, one, you know, 1920 by 1080 image video to Discord live. And it would go to Minion, and Minion could drop it in as a scene or whatever the heck. So we actually would have the ability to switch between you streaming and me so you playing a game and streaming it across the internet and me playing a game and streaming it through Discord to you, which is the dumbest thing for us to do. We, we still need to have a local network video service. That would probably be way better. <laughs> it would stop wasting our internet. So instead of me like pushing it out, pushing out a video stream, and then it's a you, and then you pushing out another video stream. <laughs> So it, it, we have an amazing net connection, supposedly, quote unquote. We have an expensive net connection. Same thing, right? And uh, uh, so it can probably handle it just fine. But there are other people in the household, right? So if our phone is doing something at the same time, we don't want to have like people that people that other people that do internet related stuff to have their experience wrecked. And this is going to be 24 seven, isn't it? Like, we could totally have it where the stream just does not stop <laughs> for a week straight. And while you're sleeping, I would be streaming. <laughs> we can just totally do that. And when I'm up and around and alive, I may or may not be a little video window in your game. But it would be scheduled for, for Wednesdays and Sundays, for example. I'll just make that a regular show. And for the rest of it, I'll pop in and answer questions or something. I'll answer them wrong like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, so if you want to pursue something like that, I don't know that anybody's ever done anything proper like that. Just like it's a perma stream. It just goes, it's, it's a cooperative community of streamers, a community of two. Uh, I still wonder how sensitive this microphone is because the, the monitoring is amazing. Um, anyway, anyway, um, so when, okay, so tomorrow, tomorrow we should take the full opportunity to test all that stuff, dust everything off, get our streaming skills going again.
I'll spend as much time as I need to. And then we'll be up we'll be ready for like the literally sitting on the login screen, <laughs> waiting for that queue timer or that whatever the heck. Uh, World of Warcraft is bad for something like this, or it has been in the past. It is getting suspiciously better. Suspiciously as in, we can't tell the difference between the game getting better for queue times, like better login servers or whatever, and the game just dying slowly because less people are trying to log in. We don't, we don't know. Um, I am one of the few people that can tell when a video game has fundamental underlying technological changes that the developers just don't talk about. Which, which I will spoil quick. Okay, so uh, there's this weird pandemic that's going around. And one of the ways that I can participate in doing actual research on it, I mean that literally, so I'm participating in a research project, uh, is you can actually uh, take, there. there is now the very largest, let, let's say, cooperative computing community in human history. Uh, we, we have now more computing power in that, in that set of projects than every other computer in human history, all the supercomputers. (laughs) And, uh, and it's, it's working on a set of problems, a set of problems. So, and I'm participating in that. So my computer doesn't get turned off. It's constantly working on these problems. Now, I don't have an impressive machine, but I'm part of one specific team, and that team is part of a, a community of teams all working on one aspect of this problem. And so uh, I want to have that going, that, that thinking. And that thinking interferes with performing other actions. So you can imagine if your computer is quote-unquote occupied, then you can't really do other stuff. Now, there is little stuff. If you're just going, you're editing a text file, then the fact that your computer is spiked to 100% doesn't matter with your keyboard typing in characters, right? Because things are multitasking well enough that that it doesn't, that you can still move your mouse around. Back in my day, when your computer was spiked to 100%, you could, you could barely wiggle your mouse. It was really bad, really bad. Anyhow, now it's a lot better. And the thing is, if you're playing a video game, your, your video game is, is working real hard, depending on the game. And that's the thing. World of Warcraft got edited, got really heavily changed and the engine got changed and it was, uh, it was beyond remarkable. Like I am kind of shocked that any game developer would do what they have done now. I don't really know why they did it because it seems like a lot of work. It doesn't seem like it made a whole lot of business sense because technically what they did is they lowered their system requirements for the game and it was already an old game. And, and but what that allowed is that allowed a lot of people to actually increase their graphics quality. It, it was really remarkable. Now I can peg everything at max, which is, which well, I mean, I was a, like a four frames per second player for a long time because I had just terrible hardware and I got new hardware anyway. So, uh, now I don't put it at maximum, but I put it like better than it was before. It's a remarkable experience, remarkable. And it's so good that I can have code folding, uh, which is folding at home is the project name. And I could have that, that thinking happening 
while I'm playing the game and it does no impact on the game. And part of that is because the game is so well optimized that it's not relying on the CPU so much. It's relying more on the graphics processing and the graphics processing is also a part of the computation uh, of the, the folding of this, uh, this, uh, computer, this cooperation, this computer thinking, but it, it, it doesn't interfere with the game. Wow. It's pretty, it's really impressive. Now that was not true for this other game that I play heroes of the storm. So it's a, um, a Dota, a terrible cartoony fun Dota. And, uh, it's, I needed to turn it off. Now I don't have to, as of a couple of Tuesdays ago, actually, like maybe three, uh, I, they did some quiet changes behind the scenes and I no longer need to turn it off. Now that is kind of untrue under certain circumstances, and I'm not sure what those circumstances are. So I will freeze up and kind of disconnect maybe once in a while. Um, uh, it, uh, it, so it's like a temporary pause and then I re reconnect automatically and the, the game continues. So it's like, and it might happen once and then, then it's done. It's like when it's loading in stuff, when it's reading stuff, when it's thinking about stuff, it needs to do the math. It can't for a moment and it freaks out. But, but generally speaking, um, I can just, I've actually forgotten to turn it off and it just runs perfectly and it can't tell. So that's a really, that's a really wonderful experience to know that, that I think maybe what they did is they flagged an exception to make. And maybe what they did is they know about this project. They went, okay, well, we want to make sure that we get the game out of the way for this one particular type of operation. And they, they made it, their software happier with that other software. I think something like that is probably what they did, but I don't know enough. And it, it's man, is it impressive stuff? Impressive. At any rate, um, 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 um. Hmm. Before I forget about World of Warcraft entirely, before I want to move on, um, I just learned today, although it's, it's not old, old news, but it is older. Uh, it's, there was this problem in the game where the, everything was lower population, like interest in the game is dropping, right? Interest in the game is dropping outside of China. And so what they were doing is they, they, they still want the game to have lots of people. So you're playing with lots of people all together. So what they did is they took all these lower populations, quote unquote servers, which are distinct units, and they pulled them all into, into, they merged a whole bunch together. And the idea is to concentrate more players into the same quote unquote game. So I am only able to participate in other people that are playing this one collection of servers. And that's because of hardware technology problems, limitations, uh, because it's expensive to run servers. And so they had a bunch of different ones. And so you could only have X number of thousand players on this one and this one and this one. Technology has improved. So maybe they just purchased better equipment or whatever the heck. And uh, there was some thinning of the uh, participants. And at any rate, they brought a bunch together. And so we got the, the, the best and the worst from all of these other, other three servers, I think it was. And some of them included these people that would run like four accounts all at the same time and link them all together to, to cooperate is controlled by one human. 
And, uh, and this is quote unquote legal and it's legal because they're paying for multiple subscriptions. So there's kind of, they, the, the game authors, Blizzard, they, they allow it because they're getting paid. So they don't technically care. Uh, however, the purpose of doing that is to, uh, is explicitly to gain advantage. So of these people where they would essentially be running something of a con, taking crap out of the world, earning stuff, not playing like a regular character. They're just doing this stuff in the environment. And it actually, not only does it, uh, pollute that particular space where they're doing this stuff because maybe they will be taking advantage of some uh, mechanic in the game in order to gain and that is uh, making it really difficult potentially impossible for other players to to perform similar actions but for legitimate purposes to walk through they just want to get a certain area done and get on and go play the rest of the game. Now they can't because there's one person just camping out doing all this crap. Now we're getting a lot of that now. <laughs> like, and it's, <laughs> whoa, it's really bad. And, uh, it was end of the expansion, right? So it's, it, everything is kind of calm, kind of winding down. So it was like really annoying, but it wasn't bothering anybody, anybody, because everybody had already done the stuff that they're now kind of polluting. So, but apparently Blizzard noticed this, which is really surprising. They noticed it and they're applying a rather broad rule. And the rule is going to be polite right now, which is if, if these people are using certain, certain programs to provide input for their game client, that software is going to get noticed and they're going to get a warning. It's going to be a polite warning. And later it's going to start getting heavy, heavy, like delete the account heavy. Right. And that, uh, that mechanism, that method is one of the methods being used by these players that are, that are controlling multiple accounts. Now, again, the multiple accounts is legal and there are, there will be, uh, there will continue to be legal ways of doing that and using them, and those will be sanctioned. Uh, but, but this other method, this more common method, is going to just be hammered. And it's going to be hammered right in time for this new expansion, which is wonderful, which is wonderful. It may, in fact, be already be underway for this coming Tuesday. So that will be, that is nice to, it's nice to hear that a developer notices this stuff, like the team notices and implements something and actually, you know, adds it to the rules and enforces it. Like that's really shocking. They must've noticed this in more places than just my collection of servers in, in my quote unquote community. It must've been a problem that was happening everywhere because yeah. Now, now the occasion, it, maybe it was rare in that server and that server and that server, but now that they're all combined together, it's common on that one unified super server. So yeah. So they noticed now that is, that is rare. It is rare. It is rare for a lot of developers. It's rare. Most of the time they just kind of let things slide. I think minion, I think you've seen that with destiny a few times where they're 
certain things become possible and the developers are like, well, and they, they take a while. There's like foot dragging. All um, the if, time they take to catch and fix certain things they should spend on others. It's well, just silly. Yeah. And there's always drama too. Cause there's some people who are like, Oh, and you know, there's a bunch of people that never knew about it in the first place, and now they're kind of salty that it got taken away. <laughs> they're like, oh, wow, for a moment it was, I might have been able to, like, but they didn't care enough. If they cared enough, they would have found out. <laughs> they would have done it. Um, I'm like that. I'm like that. Or I'm like, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't feel too bad because I know I miss out when I don't, when I don't try hard enough, when I don't listen to a community. But I kind of, I don't like doing that so much i don't like looking at strategies and learning about these little loopholes and stuff i like discovering them because I, I discover them on my own uniquely on my own and exploit them on my own but without with in doing it such a way that i'm not taking away from other people i'm not even noticed by other people but i do bring it up to to my uh guild mates occasionally and quietly and things will quietly get fixed without uh without the community at large knowing about it in the first place and so it's like i was the guy that discovered that uh i was the guy that let blizzard kind of know about this uh i was allowed to exploit it for a little bit i never got warned or punished or anything like that got quietly closed nobody hurt nobody got hurt <laughs> uh i wasn't out competing anyone i wasn't i didn't get anything interesting and unique and blah 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 and uh that's the way i like doing things i don't like going and reading strategies for anything i really love discovering things i really love going and exploring and and this kind of stuff and uh speaking of and i mentioned this i mentioned this once or twice and i'm so i'm so happy that this this quietly got inserted <laughs> into the game okay so so i so again world of warcraft so I made a character and I decided that for every opportunity I was given, I would decline entering into some certain storyline. I'd just be like, nah, I'm, I don't, nah, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I'm just, nah, yeah, 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 the world is doomed. Okay, nah, nah, I'll just go do this stuff over here. <laughs> Turtles need saving. Okay, I'll just go do that. That's more interesting. <laughs> and I did that, I did that a couple of times. I actually my character's experience of a couple of, of, of urgently important places. My, I don't, I can't actually see that place properly. I can't interact with that place properly. I can't go to our home city. It's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work right. It's empty. And, uh, I did that a few times. I actually mentioned it. <laughs> and, uh, one of the problems is the most recent content. I did that again. And so I can't go to the home capital. There's nothing there. So, and so if this new event happens and it's like, whoa, go to, go to the capital and talk to this person and go and do, pick up this quest line and go and do these different tasks there. And then you get sent off into the other. It's, I couldn't do any of that. Even if I wanted to, <laughs> I think even if I wanted to, I'm not really sure how I would do some of it at any rate. Uh, Blazer's just having it. When you log in on Tuesday, you just get a quest. <laughs> And then you go to this other area. I don't even have to care about this current stuff. So I get to leave all of this completely broken, uh, forever. And, and it, it'll, it'll just be notch on my belt for another busted game. Cause it was funny. It was just, it's funny to do it. 
And uh, I made a bunch of people laugh because they're like, why would you do that? It's so dumb. It's so unnecessary. And it's like, well, I did it. I, I played through it all already. This is just a spare character. It was just, no, yeah, I wanted to see, see if it was possible. That's uh, possible at any rate. Uh, so I, I'm kind of excited for Tuesday to see if I can actually do this with this character, do this weird stuff. Um, oh yeah. Um, maybe I'll save it for, we're on oh, break. Are we on break right now? Yep. Oh, okay. So we're going to be back in like nine, eight minutes now. <laughs> I'll see you guys soon. Well, I'm back. Are you? Yep. Okay. Well, this is the last segment of Lucid Indifference. That's lucidindifference.com. This is 2020, 11. Oh, I'm just going to have to scroll down. 1108 <laughs> uh, is episode 32. I'm going to make this mostly about as administrivia as usual. I'm going to talk about the podcast a bit more directly. I'm also going to be talking about a lot of the, the audio side of stuff. Now, I don't know... Uh, if, if anybody can really tell the difference, I really hope so. So this new microphone, this is the second episode with this microphone. I hear a big difference. I hear a very big difference. One of the advantages is it's uh, a combination of very sensitive and not very sensitive, or rather very sensitive and quiet. And quietness is a concept with microphones because there is an inherent kind of a hum to the Let's call it the electronics. Now it can be introduced by the microphone. Uh, it's probably never going to be introduced by the cabling theoretically, but no, uh, and by the interface. So the thing that turns the analog signal from a microphone into something that your computer can interact with and that, uh, that hardware can be inexpensive. And the, the trade-off is that you get a little bit of background hum and as a listener under most circumstances, you may not even hear it, especially because if somebody's talking, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the noise and such won't be listened to for two reasons. One is somebody's talking over it. And the other is your brain have this, has this interesting trick where you can pay attention to certain stuff and the rest is gone. It just goes away. Um, and this is, uh, this, you can demonstrate this by listening to your favorite song and then listening for one particular instrument and uh, then listening for a different particular instrument and then for the lyrics or something like this and just and paying attention and, and try, if, if you understand enough about the music that you can follow along the instrumentation uh, so that you do have more engagement with it, you will notice while doing that, you'll catch yourself not hearing other instruments. So you, you might listen to the bass and then not quite hear the drums very much. You'll, you'll find yourself kind of fading out. Your attention goes away. The same thing happens with noise and with, um, with a good microphone. If you don't talk, if you have the, these moments of calm and you don't have mechanisms either in hardware or in software to get rid of certain, uh, what's called a noise floor, a little bit of a buzz or a rumble or what it's just in the background. If you have these gaps where a person isn't talking and there's no mechanism to get rid of this other stuff, you'll hear that. You'll hear that. But for certain microphones and certain interfaces, uh, you won't, that won't be generated in the first place. So it doesn't have to be like 
equalizered out or noise gated or uh, like a, 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 a low cut or high pass or whatever the heck. You don't have to get rid of that. Like this microphone is like that. It doesn't generate noise. It's really interesting. So I can actually turn it up so that it is very sensitive. So it's quote unquote listening harder. And so it's listening to the space around it really well. And it's, and it's because everything is turned up, it's, it's still not extra sensitive and making that extra background noise. So I, and I, I did the, the, I did that today. I used to uh, record dead air and that dead air recording is useful for uh, removing uh, noise from the rest of the track. And, and during the moments between sentences, there's other mechanisms to get rid of any kind of excess noise. And it's really, really effective there. Um, but during words, during speech, you want to kind of get rid of that noise as well. So you have some intelligence in there that can do that kind of thing. But the, the sound, the background hum, the sound that gets generated, I did some listening tests and I did some recording tests and it's under minus 46 DB, which is, which you can't hear. <laughs> and so even if, if I whisper, my whispering is minus 46 at least, right? It goes much louder than that. And if I just talk really quietly, if I talk really quietly, then I'm, I'm always over that. So I actually, that, that, that can be completely limited. It's very, it's, it's weird what's possible with, with a better microphone. It's weird. The things you learn about now, as I was talking, I realized that I'm still going to record some silence and I'm still going to do noise removal. Uh, I'm going to do that during, I'm going to do that after we're done the show, just to, just really quick. Um, and cause I can, that's still a measure of improvement. That's kind of important. Um, now what's interesting about this microphone is my, my previous microphone was a blue, the, the brand is blue. The model is a Yeti Nano. It has a mute button on it. This is expected on USB microphones and this is not, uh, almost never provided on uh, an XLR microphone or any other kind of traditional microphone. And it may not even be possible on the interface of so the little box itself. Uh, you, you may just have no ability <laughs> to mute it. Normally what you would do is you would, you would turn some knobs all the way down. So the things aren't powered so hard, turn certain things off and you'd unplug cables. And it would, that's how, that's what off means. <laughs> And, uh, so what I do with this microphone, so what I've, what I have here is a condenser microphone and a condenser microphone is, uh, is it's, I guess you could, you could say it's power hungry. It requires additional power. So there's a 48 volt power, uh, provided by this interface. I don't know what, I don't understand the electronic side of things well enough. I forgot all my high school physics. Um, and, uh, so I, I actually just have, I think it's USB. I think it did plug it into USB three, uh, but it's using volted like USB two level power supply. It can get that. And it somehow kicks it up to 48 volts. And all I have to do is in order to mute this microphone, quote unquote mute, what I do is I turn off that power. 
what's interesting is it still takes like 30 seconds before it it kind of slowly gets so insensitive that it may as well be muted i think you heard me like coughing just there's like a minus 50 db spike in there somewhere um which is like a little blip on a flat line uh, that's how i mute this thing now so it's a little it's a little different to get used to all of these things like if I want to use headphones, then I need an, a, one of these fat adapters. So I'm not using a regular audio jack. And if I want to do that, I actually have to screw my headphone jack into that adapter, which didn't used to be a thing. I, I hope that's not proprietary to this uh, headset because that would be annoying. If I lose that thing, I can't just get a replacement because none of them are threaded like that. So, and so whenever changing to kind of a new setup, it's never just an improvement. It's always weird. It's, it's always these new different things and nobody ever talks about this stuff. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes you guess it, but a lot of the times when you're handling this stuff, it's like, oh, well, the USB cable they sent me is really short. Like, okay, well, that means that I need to have this thing near a computer, but that would be really inconvenient if I had a computer that was loud because you can't have a loud computer next to a sensitive microphone, right? So that's something that people never talk about. Uh, the, the, the XLR cable, so it's a f big cable that fits from the microphone into this interface, that's really insanely long. It's like, okay, well, that would have been nice to know. Well, that helps me position the microphone anywhere I want, but basically anywhere in this room but I don't want to do that. So now I have to coil it and then, then deal with this because it's thick cable. Now I have like a coil of cable there, which is annoying and, and on and on and on like that. Um, the biggest deal that I have to worry about is this microphone. So I'm going to, I'm going to demonstrate it a little bit gently. So I'm going to moderate my voice. You can't quite it's not as harsh and it also helps with post-production. So if I were to move closer to this microphone, I'm providing a nearer sound and essentially the volume goes up, right? Because there's a drop off as I move away from the microphone. It's, it's, uh, it's really designed to do that, but it's just a limitation of the technology. It's, it's how audio works, how sound waves work. So if I were to move closer to the microphone, and I can talk a little bit like this. My voice actually gets picked up quite a lot louder. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the same. I can touch my nose to the pop pop screen, and I sound really really loud. And if I back away, and I back away, so this is my normal position. I'm gonna lean, pardon the creak of the chair. I'm, gonna, I'm I can talk like this way back here, and you can actually tell that I'm far away. And uh, the there is an incredible advantage there with that distance. I don't have to move very much. And if you're doing voice acting or something like that, the ability to get up close and talk into the microphone, you can kind of whisper and it can, but you, it's still very clear. And so I can have a certain tone of voice where like, Hey, and I can whisper and things like that. And that matters if you're, if you're communicating, if you're doing storytelling or something like that. And if I wanted to shout, I can, I can move back. You know I'm shouting, but the volume doesn't change. Not so much, right? But if I'm here and I shout, that, that's just more volume. So you can do some funny tricks with, with this. And one of the problems with that, 
Like that's an advantage. But one of the problems with that is now microphone positioning and my positioning matters. If I turn my head away and I talk over here, you can actually hear the difference. And if I turn around, right. Um, and, and so there's a clarity problem. Now, if you're doing something like streaming, if you're doing something like streaming, you got the problem of microphone positioning. And it's really important that, that you don't just have the microphone positioning, you have it pointed a certain way and your head is pointed a certain way and you, you're not as animated, which is, it's strange to have, to have to learn to restrict your own body and your own movements. Now, the problem additionally is because this is sensitive to distance. If it is sensitive to distance, that means it has to be positioned a certain way. And if you've got a camera, then there are angle problems. Now this microphone is beautiful. Uh, I don't know about this microphone arm, <laughs> so I have to make sure it doesn't uh, actually enter the picture, but I think I would be quite happy, proud even to have this microphone slightly blocking my face even. Um, but to have it to one side is a little challenging to figure out how it's pointed at my face. So it's learning about this stuff is part of the interest of my having gotten it in the first place. So it is, I am, uh, I'm really happy with the choice. I don't have enough experience with a variety of other things to really give any recommendation right now. But I can say that for a streamer, it is not appropriate to have this kind of microphone, at least in this positioning, um, because of problems of having it in the streamer's face and because of sensitivity to distance. It turns out that the previous microphone that I had had was it had, uh, so it's a, an advantage disadvantage. The advantage is you could have it further away, like off camera and it would still pick up your voice. Well, the disadvantage is, uh, the drop off the distance volume thing, you know, backing away and the volume kind of going down, uh, that, that was less present. And so it wouldn't have that kind of drop off as aggressive for something like traffic outside. So it had the problem of picking up more background noise in the room and a lots of unwanted stuff that's out there. So there's an advantage and a disadvantage. Now, a lot of streamers are streaming at like two in the morning and stuff like that. But if you want to do prime time, when everybody's coming home from work or whatever the heck, you're going to get a lot of, of traffic noise. So there, there are advantages of using a USB microphone for something like streaming, uh, and, and getting it out of the way and still being clear. And so you have just a full face. Now, fascinating would be the new technology that's coming out, which is the, the automatic kind of AI detection of the automatic, um, green screening of a sort, the the background removal. So you can do the floating head and uh, shoulders thing. Uh, most people, what they'd have is they'd have a single color behind them and they chroma key it out. So they green screen it out. And you don't need to do that anymore with contemporary technology because it can do, you just take the, the human, wiggle the human around, the software goes, oh, that's, that's the moving part. And it takes all the non-moving parts and it, uh, just kind of paints them out. Now, if you had a microphone like this one and this were in a fixed position, but not blocking my face, then it could be painted out. And so I haven't tinkered with that. But it occurs to me that if I could do that well, then 
that that is an option if I wanted to be a floating head with no microphone visible. So I'm I'm, I'm wondering what that would what that would be like. Uh, I do I do want to talk about the the room setup and stuff like this. So uh, I had been gently changing the way things are in this. I can almost call it a recording space. I'd been making it so it's possible to to have multiple stacks of bins and put them up and take all the so what I ended up doing is I ended up disassembling a set of shelves that were that were kind of buckling under the weight of books and I am I think I'm going to, to obsolete as many books as possible one of the things is uh I wanted to have paper copies of a lot of things and I think I'm going to go out of my way to get for, for things that are public domain, there are actual, you know, you can get in, in a copy from either archive.org or you can get it from, uh, the Gutenberg. I think that is Gutenberg.org and project Gutenberg has a whole lot of public domain stuff. And I'm interested in stuff like philosophy and some of the old stories, like things like fairy tales and stuff like this. And that's partly work and it's partly my interest. Um, and I used to have paper copies, of a lot of this stuff. I think I'm going to, uh, do everything I can to get rid of my paper copies of everything. And there's some stuff, some paper copies of things that I have because I can't get any other, any other version, but maybe I should, maybe it is worth me paying money to get, uh, to replace these big, bulky, heavy paper copies with digital copies with whatever. And, uh, I might pursue that, right? I might now, but some of the books, I, I don't know that I will ever read them. I don't know that they matter. Some of them are like, I got a book from 1910 <laughs> and, and some of these, like, is it collectible? I don't care about selling this stuff on eBay, but I mean, it is kind of cool. Uh, it is kind of cool to have some of this stuff, to have it as kind of art. And I had, uh, so there's a fireplace in this room and, uh, the, the mantle. So it's got essentially a big shelf above it. And I just filled it with books. It's one of the, one of the, I don't know if I can call it a tradition and it's pretty. And so I, I got all my pretty books and I put my pretty books up there and it was, it made for a I felt it made for a very good backdrop for doing videos and I repositioned things. And unfortunately I don't have access to that as a background space anymore. because everything got moved. Webcam's going to get moved. And so I can even get rid of those books. Theoretically, I really wish these were complete sets and I might go out of my way to try to find and buy some of the missing books because these really are beautiful. Um, and having like the complete collection of that particular edition of, uh, is that, is that Agatha Christie <laughs> of, yeah, Ag that particular edition of these nice red leather bound Agatha Christie books, it would be really cool. I'd, I'd be proud to have that on my shelf. Um, at any rate, I moved stuff and I, I dedicated a corner of this particular room that I'm in. And it's backed into, uh, I am backed into the corner of this room and I positioned and got this particular microphone and I positioned it in such of a, such of a way 
So you've got a, uh, a pickup pattern on a microphone. It's a little, it ends up being like a little graph and it's got concentric, it's got concentric circles. So it looks like an archer, archery mat. So with little circles around it and it's got the microphone in the middle and it's got a pattern around it. And it's, it's something like they say it's a cardioid pattern. So they say it's heart shaped and eh, not really. And that indicates a volume change depending on distance and it, it, uh, it paints the direction. So the notion is that it has more sensitivity in the front of the microphone where you're sitting and talking and less behind it. And that's just kind of where the, the, the sensors are pointed. So the microphone point, uh, it's pointed towards your face. Well, so it's facing away from the stuff behind it. So it's not going to hear very well from that end. It's designed like that. You can say it's a limitation, but it's really an advantage. Now that means I can point it at me, but I can move where I want it to be and I can move the, so that the back of the microphone is pointed towards loud stuff, whatever that means. And I rearrange the room with that in mind so that it, it's back is facing, uh, the traffic outside so that based on that, that cardioid, based on that pickup pattern, it's, it's probably doing a 10 I think it's 10, 15 dB uh, of volume decrease. And that represents going from whisper to silent or going from uh, a, a low rumble to something that I can remove completely. It makes it really, really nice to work with. And uh, so for example, hang on, let's see if I can, I'm going to lift my headphones off for one moment so I can listen in authentic ears. Yeah, I don't think I've had a good example of background noise. So I've got uh, headphones that are that are fairly isolating, so I can't really hear the outside. I really only hear what the microphone picks up. That's kind of the point. And so this isn't picking up any uh, idling cars outside or any cars driving by. Um, it's there's still going to be a problem with you know those people that have very loud stereos. It's uh, it might pick up stuff like that but it's really good. And if I do recording on my own at three in the morning for like audiobooks or something, which I'm probably not going to do because they don't pay well. And, um, like at all, <laughs> they're just terrible, but for doing little stuff or whatever the heck, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Um, this will be exceptional. Now what is pointed at the sensitive part isn't just me, but the stuff that's behind me. So it's, it's looking at me. It's looking at my mouth. It's looking at my, my head, my chest, but it's looking behind me in the background. So that means that the, the background behind me becomes really important too, because weird things happen to a person's voice. Uh, your voice washes over the microphone. Uh, that's what it's listening to. That's great. And then it bounces off the stuff behind it which doesn't matter too much, but it comes back, which could be a problem because sooner or later it'll bounce off the stuff beside and behind. It'll make its way back to that sensitive part. I've talked about this before. There's, that isn't just a problem because you get bad, like the audio does nasty things when it bumps up against a wall and it doesn't come, it's not authentic when it gets back in and there's a delay and that delay combines with your voice and in, in and this is the sound source. You're not going to, you're not going to audio edit that out. <laughs> you really can't. 
So what's behind me matters. What's beside me matters. What I'm sitting in actually matters. But because I backed into a corner, I can actually do some real magic behind me uh, to do audio treatment behind me that is, I think, would be extremely effective. And what's behind it are just straight walls. And what's behind those walls is also like hallway stuff. So that's also kind of still air. If I was backed into a bedroom, then I'd have to worry about what that other person in that other bedroom has, right? What they're doing with a stereo video game, right? Kind of thing. But I don't because of this particular room that I chose, this particular corner that I chose, I don't get any of that. And these are the sorts of things that it took me a while. It took me some, um, it took me quite a lot of videos and I just, and I read the comments for some of these and some people will have some good criticisms of videos. This is why it's really nice when, when, when people allow commentary on their videos when they're not too, when they're not scared, right? Which is also why I like very small channels because they don't turn comments off because they want feedback or they, they want participation because that helps channels grow. It is actually a thing. And anyway, moving on to something else. Um, I, I had these huge, huge bins that I was moving these books into. And I, the thing is the bins really are, they're big enough to lie down in, uh, not straighten your legs, but, uh, to curl up in and, uh, I could fill them with books. But the thing is I can fill them so big, so much with books that I can't actually move them. They've got a pair of wheels on one side and a big handle, but they're still really hard to move. Um, so I actually had, I was able to, to pull everything away and I'll look at that. I'll manage my stuff a little bit better and move it. I don't know if I've got garage space or whatever, this kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's both given me room in one corner of this place and it's taken up room elsewhere. Cause now it's kind of full of bins, which sucks. Now the, whenever you, I had, I had plans and I looked for a software that would help me map all this stuff out and, and et cetera, et cetera. And, it's never that easy in person. I moved this and I ended up like just barely being able to open a door. And then I realized I was moving in and out of this space in a certain way and it was inconvenient. And you know, you walk past one of these door stoppers on the spring and it just goes boing, boing, boing. I was doing that too often. I'm like, okay, this is just driving me mental. So I moved things around. No, I, I went off plan and I moved it even more. And I, I like the setup even better, right? It just turns out even better. Um, and, but the problem is my desk moved and it's, it's near the fireplace now. <laughs> like, okay, well that means I'm going to be cold because I'm not going to be turning this fireplace on <laughs> because I've got cables right next to it and I'm kind of scared. Couldn't you just move the desk away when you're turning it on? Well, that's the thing. I could move the desk away and then trap myself a different way. Um, and I thought about that, but getting in and out of this space involves walking all the way around the desk, which is kind of annoying. And I kind of don't want to do that. Well, one of the reasons is, uh, a couple of my cables just aren't long enough. <laughs> so I need to go and order more cables. Um, I think it's just power cables at this point. I'm not sure how long the power cables I have are. I think they're six feet. Um, I think they're less than six feet actually, but I'm going to replace them with 10 feet 
and uh, I'm sick of black cables, so I'm going to get some, some, I can't get, unless they're bright orange, you're not getting any color other than white. So I'm getting some medical grade white cables. They're going to be really nice, heavy duty. Awesome. And then I could think about moving the desk back. And as long as I'm not blocking the door, what this will do is this will back me into the corner even more. Now there's some interesting problems that happen when you're backing into a corner. Namely, um, if so, and the way I've positioned it is actually, so sound can reflect off of one wall unequally from the other wall. And so the sounds don't bounce back directly into the microphone in, in, uh, how would I explain it in words? So obviously if the microphone were right up against the corner of a room and pointed right into the corner, like equidistant from both walls and pointed right into the seam of the corner, the, the audio would bounce perfectly back into it. And so if I, and no matter how far I back away, that problem would still exist from the reflectivity of the walls. Again, I'm going to treat the walls, but still, but I'm actually offset further along one wall of a rectangle. That's the way I've set up right now. So it's actually really nice. And it lets me wheel in a, um, I've got like a cart that I got from Ikea that you can use as a, um, it would be a really cheap way to, to hang something for doing a green screen. It's just not tall enough. Well, yeah, it's tall enough. Um, not for standing, but for sitting. And, but it's used for uh, like a clothes rack. So I can actually get a bunch of old shirts and put them on and put them there and essentially have a closet behind me is what I can manufacture. So I can do that. And I've got Ikea sent me an ironing board for some reason. And so I can put a old quilt or a duvet over top of it. And so that's kind of what I have set up right now. And the audio sounds pretty good right now. I can improve it in other ways, but shifting the desk around is a little, yeah, it's just a cabling issue right now. But speaking of cabling, cause I, man, I set things up so well and, and the plan was going well into my head and I, I already had extra cables coming in and I tried one of them and I'm getting a fuzzy image on it. And it's, it's just, I, I went and I tried different ports and I tried like different, like different video card motherboard versus discrete card. And, and then I'm okay. Well, maybe the cable's bad. I tried a different cable from, because I ordered a pair of these and, uh, the other ones are fuzzy in the exact same way. Reset the monitor, fiddle with some settings just in case it's got like some wacky alignment thing that's happening and, and nothing, nothing. And just switch to one of my spare cables works perfectly. So now I've got to send these cables back to Amazon is really uh, good about this. And I decided, heck, while I'm at it, I'll, I'll return some other stuff too. I'll just make, I'll make a big deal out of it. Uh, they increased the window for returns, which I didn't realize otherwise, otherwise I would have returned these terrible sheets that I bought, but no learning experience. So like technically speaking, um, I'll, I'll make all that money back and then I'll spend it on better cables. And then I can think about moving the desk and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I, I am, I was thinking about shortening this desk, which I still can do. I can just like table saw it and then reattach the legs really easily. 
Uh, just pilot holes and then screw it back in. Ikea table, right? This works perfectly. And then, but I'd have to put one of my spare arms on a, its own monitor arm. And so that it'll, it'll still fit. Anyhow, anyhow, this has been, this has been a wonderful adventure, but it took me so many hours of just sweat and planning and moving stuff around. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I used to just occasionally shuffle stuff around my room and just see what it's like over this way and this way. And, um, and it's not fun anymore. <laughs> I don't like doing it. I don't like change. I'm old. I'm grumpy. Um, so yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, meaning you, you're in a different location now, so it doesn't matter right now. Cause you don't talk a whole lot, but you have the most awful, awful echo. Um, I'm in an empty room with other than a computer and a TV right beside yeah. me. It's so an empty you're, room. You're in a dungeon and all the brickwork is like reflecting the sound and i'm thinking of just throwing stuff on the wall to ease up on the bounciness of the volume but it's I mean, only two weeks it's only less than two weeks yeah yeah i'm not i don't think it's going to matter at all um but this is i learned about this stuff as part of my my big experience in in order for you to do anything about it um i mean it's the equivalent of throwing a blanket over your head, which is a trick that works, kind of. Um, putting putting a bunch of pillows up in a pile in one area, hanging stuff off the walls, and yeah, all that's doable. Um, or or like like I said, you know, an object like an ironing board leaned up against a wall with a blanket over it. All you'd have to do is manage the reflections on two two areas, and it's probably fine. So behind you and to one side of you is good enough. And the nearer one of them is, the better. Um, yeah, things. Things and stuff and such. Um, and that thinking about things like that um, matters because if I were to upgrade you to a different microphone for the podcast, like giving you my earlier microphone, um, then room room treatment might matter, especially if you talk more, obviously, um, because it would be, it's more, so the microphone that you have now is probably some sort of super cardioid thingy. It's not like it's a, actually, I don't know the technology that you have in it, but it's designed to point at your mouth and not care about anything else, especially the room. But, and another microphone might really care about room noise or echo or background noise or all this kind of crap. And one little change, like a different microphone might mean like there would be consequences for all kinds of other stuff everywhere. And it might be, it might be too much work, especially because it's you, right? So I don't know that you're ready for all this crap until, have you fixed the playlist displaying on the YouTube page on the front YouTube page? made it look better put our clips playlist up there put our podcast playlist up there no no is it is it i'm gonna go i've, I should... I've changed the update but it's i've updated the playlist so it goes from newer the oldest is the first ones ever are at the bottom and the yes. new ones are at top yes that gives a better impression 
Um, and the other would be making sure the front page has uh, three rows. So everything, and then the next one is just clips. And then... I did not know about that. So you can kind of customize that front page. And so so every, it will be uploads, which you currently have, and then clips, the clips playlist, and then the shows playlist. And that lets a person... Because I really want to help people look at the clips because they're kind of the best of and they're really all wonderful and stuff. And um, I don't know if like once a month we should have like a, 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 a lot, like a take the day off and have like a two hour just set eclipse, <laughs> something like that might be cool. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know at all. Um, so yes. So yes, you want to do video for for Wednesday. You want to try that for sure? Try streaming? Yeah, we'll give it a shot. So we'll do some experimentation tomorrow and then. And then, man, I got a busy day. And I've been so busy trying to... Um, there's, you know, get New Year's resolutions kind of thing. I had this thing where I wanted to just go through a lot of my old notes and stuff and just dust things off and put a whole bunch of projects to bed. And I've been working on that stuff because, you know, the year is almost up and I want to be done this stuff. So a whole bunch of, of things and things. Um, blah. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much out of stuff to talk about. I, I kind of want to talk about a new keyboard. Cause I remember talking about my dented control key. That's kind of worn down. I've had this thing for since like the early two thousands. Uh, I've had this wonderful Dell multimedia keyboard. It's fantastic. It's got a very small bezel on the left-hand side, which is where I put my hand and, uh, the layout is perfect. Um, and it's, it's a, just a very hard one, hard wearing thing. And it has a volume control knob. I don't care about any, any of the other buttons, just care about the knob. And, uh, and it's got a, a wonky kind of soft, squishy control key now. And so I was looking at all these other alternatives and none of them have the proper layout and it, it bugs me. It bugs me because I'm used to a very particular thing. And apparently the, the layout that I'm used to is because of the IBM model M it's a, it's a five pound keyboard with an incredible build quality. And it, uh, Oh, I want to use the correct phrase. Oh, what's it called? Oh no, I'm not going to look it up right now, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's actually not mechanical as weird as it sounds. I, cause I was learning a bit about the technology and looking at the patent diagrams and stuff like this. And, uh, it's the, but it's layout. It's very particular layout is what influenced all keyboards from that point on. And I miss mine. I had multiples of them. They all kind of died and I just got frustrated and threw them away. They'd be, they'd be worth, ugh, like I probably had a thousand dollars worth of keyboards at one point. <laughs> Uh, just of those and a whole bunch of other stuff that probably was worth quite a lot of money. You never appreciate anything properly when you're a kid, the stuff that becomes collectible later in life is like, Oh, well, um, and so I've been looking at, at getting a replacement keyboard and I, my, cause I missed just being a typer and I gave Minnie and I gave you my, my squishy scissor key waterproof Logitech 
and uh, I, it took me a while to get used to another keyboard again. Uh, so I'm not sure if I want to go and get another of those because getting a washable keyboard is pretty awesome. But one of the things I was recently looking at again was, so the IBM Model M, IBM ended up moving their, uh, getting their keyboards made by Lexmark or what would become Lexmark. And Lexmark, so the, the world kind of changed to going from the kind of mechanical style stuff, the heavy duty style, to getting less and less expensive. Lex, Lexmark already reduced some stuff to make it cheaper. And then the world kind of changed to these this other weird, this other technology. And Lexmark eventually kind of disbanded their, their keyboard division, so to speak. And so these keyboards kind of faded, but what happened was a bunch of the original people from the teams that were involved with, I think originally IBM, maybe some Lexmark, uh, ended up kind of quietly buying up the patents for all the components for the original model M and its descendants. And they actually founded a company with the patents and legally created what would be spiritual successors or a descendant of those of the original IBM model M and I'm looking at their website. First off, you know, these are raging nerds because the website is terrible. It's just awful, hard to get around. They really have a hard time selling their stuff because they're just not showing good pictures and, oh man, it's embarrassing. But, but I'm looking at a not unreasonably priced seven pound keyboard. It's USB, no adapters or anything. It's, it's a 105 key, which, which is a, uh, no, it's 106 keys. Oh, I can't remember, but it also has like the windows key, right? The windows key and the, there's like a right click key, um, that pulls up, uh, menus, things like this. And they, they've got that. And it's, it's got the same build quality, the same font. They actually got the patents for everything. And this one he, that I'm looking at even has what's called a, um, I think it's, yeah, it's IBM's original patent called the track point, which is a little nib that appears in the keyboard that you can move around as like a mouse pointer. And this is before touchpad technology existed. And so they actually bought the patent for that and they included it in this keyboard. So it's like, this is a really, really cool keyboard that I'm thinking of buying. The problem is it is a classic clickety clack, loud, loud keyboard. And, but I'm not near other people. So I could clickety clack loudly. Problem is if I had to do any typing and doing recording and stuff like that, I'm not, I'm just not doing them at the same time. So I don't think that's a problem. I, and that, that's like a buy it for your life thing. That's easily going to last me like into my seventies somewhere. <laughs> it's going to last a long time, probably longer than that, because it's just, they are taking it seriously, like really seriously. Um, so I'm, 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 the thing is I'm always finding these other new things to spend money on. It's probably not the smartest thing to do. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to make all the things that I'm spending money on matter towards things that would be career related or hobby related more directly. And so this, I live on a computer, so that's how I would justify this keyboard.
Um, but I'm really getting, I have a laptop that I have specialized just for writing. And uh, I love that keyboard. It sounds weird because keyboard, like laptop keyboards are trash. They're absolutely abysmal. Um, but I love that. I love that. And I was going to go and get a spare, like a slightly improved spare, but apparently Dell does not carry that model anymore. So I'm really, really sad about that. And all their more recent laptops all have the wrong keys. Like they separate the page up and page down keys, um, to be above the left and right cursor keys. I want those, the up, down, left, right to be distinct because I, I need to reach for them easily a lot. And I just want to have like a function key and function left to go home, function, function right to go end, function up to page up, function down to page down. That's, it's obvious and it's really, really easy to do that. Um, and you, you need to have this, this functionality easy to find on keyboards and not have them be like dumb, distinct keys in a weird block at the, the top right of the keyboard. And it's uh, just, I cannot stand that crap. And I've gone through a few generations of tiny computers and they do stupid things with their keyboards to, and, and having to, having to, especially if it's made in Japan, <laughs> things are really weird. Some key placement is, is really strange. I don't have it in, in arm's reach, but I actually own a, a tiny Japanese handheld computer and its keyboard is just, uh, it is just bad. <laughs> it's just bad. And you have to remap things around if you want it to be in English and stuff like this. And then it gets really weird because the text on the keys doesn't match what you type always. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's bad. Um, the, um, I think I'll, I'll save it for next time. I'll save it for next time. We're going to end really, really shortly, which is I've been going through a lot of my old notes to find the projects that I want to put to bed and discover the ones that I probably should have been working on for the last few decades. And I kind of forgot about them. And one of my projects had to do with, I just, I've, I've heard other people call it this, but I picked up the term physicality. So it's, it's everything from like diet and exercise and sleep. And it's, it's being a physical, a, a mortal coil, um, possessing thing and managing that body. And so it does include things like, uh, like workouts, but it may also include quite a lot of other weird, subtle things. So I actually found my old notes for this and I actually made like a program <laughs> that's, that's sectioned up into like basics and a more intermediate. Oh, this is my handling. Sorry, future self. We're going to have to edit that out. Um, I made this kind of exercise program that's split up into different sections from beginning, beginner, intermediate, advanced stuff, you know, all, and I would just dump notes and ideas and, and things into all these. And I had my future self in mind because I can go back and read it. And it's like, really laying things out in a way that understood the problems that I had already, the things that I should have been working on, like my back or my squats and the things that I would be concerned about as I got older, which is really cool. So I've got my past self made this big project for me right now. So I could actually take that, clean it up a little bit more, maybe make it a video series or, or talk about it or whatever the heck. And 
uh, actually pursue it. And that could be like, uh, that could be like a new year's resolution thing. It's, it's get in shape for your summer body or whatever the heck fashionable thing there is. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. I might dust some stuff off and make it like a topic for segment one or something like that. Cause I'm kind of out of stuff to do. Um, but I, I do want to come back. We're going to come back on Wednesday. We're going to come back and we're going to try some streaming and we're going to, in the usual time slot. So, uh, that's what 4:30 Pacific, 7:30 Eastern for North America. I'm sorry. I can't do Europe yet. Uh, we'll start the regular me chatting, rambling podcasty thing, but, uh, for, but we'll be streaming probably since reset. So when is reset time for destiny for you, minion? Uh, nine, I think it was nine or 10. I can't remember. I can't remember what mine is. Hmm. I wonder if this will say. But for me, I'm counting on the servers crashing. I'm counting on their servers crying again. Because that was fun. Hmm. Okay, so for me, it would be uh, 7 Pacific or a 9... I can't say Atlantic, can I? Well, 9 Eastern time. Um, is when it's, it goes down and a couple hours later, so nine Pacific, 12, um, Eastern will, will be, well, is when it is expected to go back up, but who knows, right? So login server delays and crashes and Blizzard's supposed to know what it's doing, but like shrug, right? Hmm. Okay. So, uh, and we'll do some experimentation tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, same general start time. We'll get together privately uh, in the, in the afternoon, I guess, early afternoon. You know, we'll do some video testing. It should be easy. Okay. I'll, I'll do some on my own. Okay. Everybody, this has been lucid indifference. That's lucidindifference.com. Uh, you can check out our website. I still have not put up a playlist cause I keep forgetting, uh, look at our clips and that's kind of our best of, if you like something. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can see all of our previous episodes have been uploading, including some specials, some older stuff that has not been released. And you can see us live on Twitch. You can check out our Twitch for our schedule and the like. Anyhow, I will see you on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.